Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 340, and we're kicking off a new summer miniseries. I'm really excited to do this. I'd been thinking about doing this uh, all through winter and into spring, and I'm happy to be doing it. And this miniseries will be throughout the summer, so I'm going to be doing this starting today. We're in the beginning of June, and it's going to run through the end of August. And I thought this would be a nice break from talking about business, productivity, that kind of thing. And what this miniseries is going to be, I'm going to be talking about films. I'm going to be talking about movies, uh, movies that I'm going to be watching and commenting on and reviewing, giving some highlights, some trivia. And think of this as a summer playlist of movies that you may want to check out. Now, some of these movies you may have heard of, you may have seen, you may have seen multiple times. I'm going to be covering some of my favorites. Others you may not have heard of. Uh, I'm going to be covering some indie films, some obscure ones that I think you should definitely check out. But before we begin, I'll just take care of a little bit of housekeeping. So uh, I will be sharing updates as appropriate. That's going to be the beginning of the episodes. Uh, I'm only going to be spending maybe a minute or two, and the bulk of the episodes will be about the movies that I'm going to be covering. Uh, I do have a slight update. So the Poshmark book, I'm still finalizing it. There have been a couple of other developments. I know I'm being very cryptic about this. So I'm going to hold off on sharing any more uh, updates for a little while until I'm able to get some uh, clarity and some definition on certain things that I'm working on behind the scenes. Some pretty exciting stuff, stuff that's kind of popped up. Uh, towards the 11th hour. So I'm going to back burner that for now. And uh, when I'm able to definitively announce something, I'm going to do that soon. So I don't mean to be cryptic. It's just that I'm, I'm actually working out some uh, additional details and some pretty exciting stuff. So um, sit tight. I know uh, I've had some questions about this. People are excited about it. But in the meantime, I do have an entire mini-series on Poshmark, including some updates that I've provided this year. The mini-series I've linked now, starting as of last week, uh, I'm going to be putting uh, a link to the mini-series page on every write-up. So let's turn our attention for the rest of this episode to our first film we're going to talk about. And this is one that I watched last weekend over the holiday weekend called Train to Busan. It's a film that came out in 2016. It's a Korean horror film uh, in the zombie genre. And uh, I had heard about this film uh, over the past couple of months it came out in 2016, and it didn't get a wide release in the U.S. I think it had a very limited theatrical run. It was a huge smash hit in South Korea. South Korea, which actually has really um, done some innovative things in the horror genre. And in fact, I think South Korea, it, yeah, a couple things you should know, it is the fourth largest entertainment market. A lot of films... Uh, have made their way into uh, mainstream uh, audiences, including, and many of you uh, may be familiar with this, 2019's Parasite, which uh, started out as kind of this indie film. It really uh, won over a lot of audiences and critics at Cannes and then um, went on to, you know, capture audiences' attention all over the world. And obviously it was a huge... Uh, underdog and winner at the 2019 Academy Awards. Train to Busan, uh, in terms of the horror genre, did much the same thing. It was a, a niche film. Uh, it came out, it did very well in Korea, and then it started to spread by word of mouth. 
And it wasn't until recently that a lot of American audiences uh, discovered it. It was uh, on Netflix, I think, uh, not quite a year ago. And that's when a lot of people really discovered it. And it's 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 kind of captured the imagination of a lot of horror fans. Uh, I, although, as early as 2016, uh, people who are real horror aficionados and YouTubers and podcasters discovered this film and uh, reviewed it early. And, and so I think it, it's, it's kind of been uh, on this upward swing of attention since it came out in 2016, but it hit this kind of critical mass when it came onto Netflix. I didn't see it on Netflix. And as far as I know, it's not currently on Netflix. It is, however, on Hulu and you can probably check it out from your library. I actually checked my local library on Hoopla, which I've talked about, and it is available to check out. So uh, if you have Hulu, you may want to check it out there. Uh, you may want to check your library to see if you can rent the digital copy or if you can go to your physical library, see if you can get the DVD or Blu-ray. And uh, or you can, you know, you can pay a couple of bucks if you want to watch it on demand on any of the major streaming services. It was directed by Sang Hoo Young, and uh, it has a really great cast of characters. Now, let me talk a little bit about this movie. Uh, the zombie genre, I, I have enjoyed a lot of uh, movies in terms of horror. I'm not a diehard horror fan, but I do enjoy watching a good horror movie. And I've seen a, a number of uh, uh, zombie films, including uh, a lot of the George Romero films. He really kind of pioneered the genre. I think he's considered the father or the grandfather of zombie films. And he may have been, even been one of the first filmmakers to really define what are the cinematic rules for zombies and zombie films? And so he had the Living Dead series, which started out as a trilogy and then uh, expanded into uh, spinoffs and things like that. And obviously, uh, The Walking Dead, uh, especially in its heyday, I was a big fan of The Walking Dead for the first maybe five or six seasons. I kind of petered out over the last couple of years. I think it kind of, it, it didn't keep my interest. I, I think it got a little bit tired and I think it got a little bit cliched, but I really enjoyed The Walking Dead. And and I've seen some of the other, uh, you know, I've seen some random uh, zombie films as well. Some low budget ones that are not so great. I've seen some of the Italian ones, some of which are, are actually quite good. And the thing is, there has been so much done in the zombie genre. So I kind of went into this a little bit skeptical. Even though I had heard that this was a very popular movie, I felt like, you know, there have been so many zombie movies. Is this just going to be the same one? And I will also mention that I had recently seen a couple weeks ago Army of the Dead, which is Zack Snyder's most recent film, uh, came out. It on Netflix. I think it had a short theatrical run before coming onto Netflix and I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's, it's, uh, it's visually very interesting. And the, the premise of this, uh, ragtag group that has to break into, um, Las Vegas, this casino, cause Las Vegas has been overrun by zombies. I think there's some interesting things. I didn't love it. I thought there were parts that dragged a little bit and I felt like it didn't, necessarily add anything new. I liked some of the performances. I liked a little bit of what they did with the zombies. I think they did some interesting things with uh, zombies that um, were a little bit unique, but I wasn't bowled over by it. So I went to Train to Busan uh, without too many high expectations. 
And then I really got sucked in. Now, the first thing you should know is that, uh, you know, as a uh, as a Korean movie, it is subtitled. And I, I know some people get turned off by watching movies with subtitles. I will tell you, it is a wonderful experience to watch a film. And the subtitles, you get used to them very quickly. And in fact, my first exposure to a subtitled film was when I did a um, study abroad at Oxford during college and I took a film appreciation course and I think the first that was the first time I really watched a subtitled film and I watched Cinema Paradiso which is just a beautiful film it's one of my favorite movies of all time and I just got sucked in and ever since then I've had an appreciation for international films and so don't let the fact that it's subtitled turn you off or the fact that it's in another language turn you off and in fact I've heard, I've read some reviews and I've listened to some YouTubers say this, and I will agree that you don't even have to read the subtitles. You can look at the expressions and you can look at the action and follow the story and follow these characters. And I, I, I agree with that. However, I think if you read the subtitles within the first couple of minutes, you'll get used to it very quickly. You, your brain will adjust very quickly and you'll be able to follow along. And it's, it's just very nuanced. So let me give you the the brief plot summary. I'm not going to go too in-depth into this because this is just going to be a, a fairly short episode. I'm going to keep these episodes fairly short. But uh, there are several characters, and what I love about this movie is that it is an ensemble cast. There's not one main character. There are several characters that are focused on, and even the side characters get a story arc. So it starts off with this uh, uh, guy. He's working at a hedge fund. Um, his name is Sang Wa. He's played by the actor. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. The uh, uh, Seek Wu. Uh, he's the uh, hedge fund manager, and he has a daughter, Su An. And they're played respectively by the actors Gong Yu and Su An Kim. And they're both really wonderful. So Seek Wu is his hedge fund manager, and he's kind of portrayed as this kind of uh, this this very successful guy who's a little bit trapped in his his work to the detriment of his relationship with his daughter who he's he's working hard to try to give her a better life but at the same time he he's not spending a lot of time with her and he's divorcing his wife and it starts out with him giving a birthday gift to his daughter and his young daughter who I think is maybe about six or seven. And it turns out he gives her a Wii and she already has one. He gave her one and he just forgot. And it's actually what I like about this is that this is not a typical start for a zombie film. You're starting out with a father-daughter relationship dynamic. Where you know it's a zombie film is that there are hints of things that are going around, including the very beginning of the film where there's this uh, truck driver who is stopped at this checkpoint and the, the guy's wearing a hazmat suit. And uh, there's uh, – I won't give spoilers, but there's uh, an incident that occurs, and it makes you think that it's going to go one way, but it actually doesn't. And that's another thing I liked about this film is that uh, there are some – uh, leads that are head fakes in this movie. The other character who uh, I thought actually was the standout is this uh, other guy named Sang Wa. He's played by Ma Dong Siok, who uh, has really, really incredible actor, and he's had a breakthrough. And he's recently been announced as uh, being part of the cast of Marvel's The Eternals on Disney Plus. And he's more of a working class guy, and his wife, he's traveling with his wife, 
who is pregnant. And all of these characters end up on a train. They're on a high-speed train. And the, the father and daughter, the daughter wants to go see his mother, her mother for her birthday. The father reluctantly agrees, and so he takes off work the next day. And then you've got this other character saying wah with his, his pregnant wife. And then these other characters, including a baseball team, uh, which includes, uh, they're kind of like these college age or maybe high school age baseball players. Uh, and, and one of them, Wu Sik Choi, um, he is best known uh, to audiences from the 2019 Parasite. He, he played the son in that movie. And he has a girlfriend, Jin Hee, played um, uh, by an actress whose name escapes me at the moment. So I, I don't remember all of the actors' names. I, I looked them up on IMDb, and uh, you know, hopefully I'm doing okay with the pronunciations. But it's a, an ensemble cast of characters, and they're all traveling on this high-speed train. And then the zombie outbreak happens. And there's pandemonium and chaos, as you would expect. And that's one of the things that's unique about this is that there's a sense of claustrophobia because you're in an enclosed space that's moving at, at high speed. And there's all sorts of pandemonium uh, that occurs. And, it, and then basically what you see is these characters, these unlikely characters who come together. And I will say without really going too much further into the plot, because that's really it. It's all about survival. The characters go through different arcs. They go through different developments. Specifically, the first character I talked about, Seek Wu, he's kind of a selfish guy, self-centered guy. And in fact, his daughter is more of, uh, you know, uh, more of a giving person. And there's a little bit of conflict because when the zombie outbreaks happen, the, the little girl, he gives, she gives up her seat in one scene to an old lady and and the uh, the father's like you know you shouldn't be you don't have to be nice all the time, and there's this this sense of self interest that he has self preservation which is kind of understandable in this, this situation but the daughter kind of pushes back on that and that's really cool and you get to see this character arc and what I liked about it is it starts out with that trope where because he's a successful hedge fund manager that means he's automatically kind of this selfish guy. But then you see this transformation occur, especially as he comes across Sangwa. They kind of butt heads. We don't know exactly what he does, but he's more of a working class guy. And, and, and yet because of these circumstances they're in, because of the zombie outbreak, they have to work together. And it's really cool. And that is one of the strengths of this movie is that I, I think good horror films, good zombie films in particular – they focus on developing the human characters. And the problem with a lot of horror movies, especially the repetitive ones, the ones that um, you know don't really resonate, is that they focus too much on the special effects, the gore, and the, uh, the shock value of the violence. And what's interesting about Train to Busan is that it isn't a terribly gory film. It really isn't as gory as some of the... Uh, uh, mainstream zombie films, and it's not as gory as a show like The Walking Dead, but it, there's enough intensity there with the situation such that the horror is conveyed. It's very much like a roller coaster. It's a two-hour movie, but you're moving very quickly, and the movie never lets up. It builds and builds and builds, but you get invested with these characters, and that's the thing that really makes this movie stand out is the human characters. 
Even the side characters have story arcs. So you get to see story arcs. And as these unlikely people come together and are thrown into this terrible situation, it's really cool that the movie spends time on that as opposed to just focusing on the shock value of the zombies killing people. Because that's the problem with a lot of horror movies is they focus so much on the... um, on the on the uh, evil, on the monster, on the zombie, such that, it, yeah, it, there's shock value, it grosses you out, but then you don't spend enough time caring about the human characters such, such that when they do die or when a main character dies, it doesn't, f- you don't really feel it because it's not earned. Here in Train to Busan, every character you feel something for. There's some level of, empathy or sympathy that you feel even the ones that you don't like in the beginning and that's really what makes this movie i think work in terms of the effects the effects are incredible it's a blend of practical and cg i looked up the budget this thing had a budget of eight and a half million dollars and it proves that a blockbuster movie can be done with heart can be done with story can be done with character development and be done at a at a reasonable budget, and that's something that I think we need to see more of. But it had a uh, since has had a worldwide gross of I think above over ninety two million dollars. So it's done very well, and as I mentioned before, it has really captured the imagination of audiences. So uh, Train to Busan, I highly recommend you check it out. Let me talk about the good. The pacing is really incredible. It moves quickly. It's an intense film. If you don't like horror, if you don't like intense movies, this one might not be for you. But if you don't mind that genre, give it a try. Give it a chance. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, The characters, I think, are the centerpiece. The human characters, the relationships. That's why you you, uh, invest the time in a movie like this. And it really pulls... Uh, on the base emotions, the core emotions, and really t- uh, touches on issues such as what people will do in certain situations. There are people who are selfless, people who are selfish. And I think coming out of a pandemic, we've seen some of these issues play out over the year and a half. And yet at the same time, this is a movie you can enjoy. It's not so on the nose that it's maybe too heavy or too too much of a downer to watch, such as a movie that is more about a pandemic. I think you can watch a movie like Train to Busan, recognize some of the themes, yet at the same time, you can detach yourself and just enjoy this as a movie as well. Uh, the good, I think the effects are really well done. I think the, the set pieces and the acting is really top-notch. If I had a criticism of it, I would say it, uh, you know, I, there are moments where I think um, there's a little bit of narrative confusion. I might, and that might just be a matter of rewatching it. I think this movie does have high rewatchability. There's some moments where the the rules about the zombies are not quite clear, but maybe that's part of the narrative as well is that, you know, this is a uncertain situation and you as the audience member are made to feel like that. And then there, there's maybe one or two conveniences such as, uh, you know, there's a, a scene with tunnels that may have been a little too convenient. And these are minor nitpicks. These are not major criticisms. Overall, I think this movie is incredible. I think it's, if not the best, probably one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. And, and certainly right up there in terms of top horror films. Uh, 
Uh, I give it a rating of out of five stars. I'll give this a four and a half. Where you can catch this, uh, Netflix. It was on Netflix. I don't think it's there anymore. It is on Hulu if you have Hulu. And do check out Hoopla at your library where you can check out digital content. Um, At my library, I was able to see that it is available for digital rental. The movie also has a prequel, uh, Soul Station, which was an animated film. And more recently, in 2020, it had a sequel, um, uh, uh, Train to Busan Presents uh, Peninsula. I've not seen either one. I've heard they're not as good. I won't be reviewing them for this series just because we have limited weeks. So I'm going to be focusing on a different movie. But I just wanted to kind of mention that. So Train to Busan 2016 Highly, highly recommend. Check it out. So that is the first movie. I will be back next week. As I mentioned, these episodes are going to air on Friday. The write-up will be available pretty soon at bemovingforward.com. Have a great week and have a great weekend.